everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Tommy, the pro wrestling podcast with Tommy, Norbs, and me, Brittany. And on this episode, we have a very special guest, Molly Spartan. Welcome to the show. Ooh. Hi. Hi, everybody. Um, I'd like to first say I love how, like, vo- like how much volume your hair has right now. So oh. I just have... Uh, can you give us advice of how we can get hair like yours and yes. big and like voluptuous. Yeah. very voluptuous, <laughs> um, Molly? It's a lot of staring talkings to, like just looking at my hair in the mirror and telling it that it's <laughs> going to do as it's told. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, like my hair gets a lot of comments. Um, it's usually big and wild, well in the ring as well. And somebody once described it is that it. Um, it's got more selling power than Shawn Michaels is what somebody wants to scream my hair as I agree um, <laughs> I but agree with yeah that. it's definitely I'd like to think I have good hair from the business <laughs> very yes. lovely very lovely so I guess my first question for you is um, what was your journey like becoming a professional wrestler like what was it from maybe what inspired you to where you are now so my journey is very different compared to the majority of people. The majority of people, it's sort of the idea of like they watched it when they were young and then they found a school or they somehow started, especially in America, like they had they did wrestling at school and stuff like that, but it doesn't really happen. And in the UK, if you're a wrestling fan, you are dedicated because like you don't have the luxury of watching pay-per-views or anything like that at 7pm at night. Like, Raw starts at 1am here. AEW starts at 1am here. If you want to watch it live, you're up at 1am until it finishes. Pay-per-views, like, there's many a times where there's been a pay-per-view on, especially WrestleMania in Glasgow here, um, where you'd watch it at what start at 1am and you'd be spilling out in the streets at like 6am to go home and try and start your day. Um, but like everybody, like I watched it when I was a kid. Um, the first sort of inclination of introduction into wrestling um, was Bill Goldberg screaming in the television. Like when I was wee here, um, there was a channel. So growing up, we used to have these little cable boxes, and on Channel Twenty Two was Cartoon Network. And I am the biggest Powerpuff Girls fan you will ever meet. Like. I can tell you who the first villain in the first episode was and quotes and I'm I'm a bit of a freak when it comes to that sort of thing. But so Channel 22 is Cartoon Network and on a Friday night it would change at nine o'clock to Channel TNT which of course had WCW. And I remember one night sitting on my kitchen table and watching Cartoon Network and the Purple Girls were coming on and I was pure excited. And um the channel changed rapidly and it changed from like Bark Up and Blossom and all of that to Bill Goldberg screaming down a television. And I was like, ah, and <laughs> fell off my kitchen table. And then was like, what is this? And that sort of introduced me to wrestling. And from then, like I watched it and it was, it was actually a weird feeling. And I'm sure there's a lot of girls now can relate, but obviously at that time, like, there wasn't girls in wrestling that were my size. There just wasn't. Like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest girl out there, but I'm also not, by any stretch of the imagination, the smallest female out there. And so for a long time, I just always assumed that me being a wrestler wasn't really viable, um, especially being Scottish, because really the only other bigger female that I'd seen sort of thing that was 
quite prominent with somebody like Bill Nakano um, with Alondra Braze and stuff like that. But she was Japanese. So it was that kind of, is it okay because she's Japanese and there's this whole, especially in that era of wrestling, it was very much about character and gimmicks and what they could bring to the table. And I just assumed that was this white Scottish lassie that, nah, I was never to be a wrestler. So instead... I decided, right, well, I wanted to work in wrestling. So I studied um, television at university. Like, I went and looked in the ways of how I could be part of the production side of things. How could I put together a show? How can I be part of the creative process? Because I always watch wrestling and think, it would have been better if he had him instead or if they'd said this or if they'd done that. And I never really seen myself as the wrestler because there was nobody that I could relate to. There was nobody that I felt like I could see myself. And apart from like China, but China was, China's my girl. Oh, I, I, I love watching her back now and stuff like that. But like, there wasn't really anybody that I related to regarding my size and my physique and stuff like that. So yes, yeah, so I studied university. I've got my, Bachelor of Honours in television production and stuff like that. And in doing so, I ended up coming across a promotion called ICW. And it ended up being, I was doing a show on a stand-up comedy club here in Scotland. Ended up speaking to a guy called Billy Kirkwood, um, who is a current commentator for ICW. Became friends with him and he sort of said, look, come, if you come and see this show in Glasgow, it's, it's like ECW, you'll love it. And so I was like, okay, I'll come. Found this, ended up speaking to the promoter, Mark Dallas, and basically said to him, look, at my university, I have access to cameras and lighting and, and things like that. I can get you a free camera. I can get you an extra camera for your shows. Just let me do it as a work placement and I'll come and work at your shows. And that could be, because that was an element for my course that I needed to do a placement for work. I'll do it at ICW. And he was like, yeah, sure. Cool, you're going to give me a free camera. You like wrestling. You understand what this is about. Cool, no bother. So I ended up doing that. And once I'd finished university, I never left. So for about five years, I was backstage I filmed all promos. I was helping guys sort of find their voice and girls find their voice. Um, and sort of helped in that sort of sense. Um, but then there was one of the guys and sort of started talking about how they wanted to coach. They desperately wanted to coach. There was two predominant schools here in Glasgow. And he was worried that if he went to one, he'd upset the other. But he also had these ideas for coaching and teaching wrestling, how he thought it should be taught, um, which was, at the time, Wolfgang, who was a friend of mine, who is now my husband. Uh, <laughs> 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 and at the time, we were, just, we, were, we were just friends. And at that point, as an encouraging friend, I said, OK, I'm student number one. I'll be student number one. Therefore, you've passed that hurdle. All you need to do now is find the rest. Find your school. Find the guys you want to coach with and be your, be your crew. And I'm student number one. He was like, okay. And then a year after that conversation, GPWA opened. And it was Wolfgang, BT Gun, Red Lightning, Jack Jester and Lionheart, who are all, who are all 
and where all massive names in the sort of the British scene and especially the Glasgow scene at the time with ICW. Um, so I started training there. And at first I started training because I thought it's the only aspect of wrestling that I didn't know. I knew how, how the ring went up. I knew how the shows were put together. I knew how to film them. I knew the camera angles. I knew the lighting. I knew all that. But I didn't know what happened in between those ropes. So I thought, right, I'll learn it from a different perspective. I'll try and see like how the motion works. Is that going to make the production of it better? Because I'm going to understand things a lot better. And in doing so, I sort of discovered that I could do this. And at that time, there was guys, there was like um, Viper or Piper Niven, who's now on NXT UK, like who's become a, a dear friend. Um, she was sort of killing it in Japan and was coming about and was wrestling all over the world. And she was doing it, like being herself. Like she wasn't desperately trying to crash diet to be like someone that she wasn't. And she was just fully embracing the size she was and who she was and and that ended up resonating and then it was sort of that sort of watching her and her completely dominating it and killing it and people loving it was going right I can be me I can be the size I am I, I could like I could get in better shape but that's not a bad thing kind of thing if, if it's to keep myself healthy and better myself that's okay but I don't need to I don't need to basically half the size I am in order to be accepted as a wrestler and it was sort of that weird sort of notion of like I've always wanted to do this like that acceptance of like I can be me and I can I can train and I can be good I don't I, I, I can do this I can be as tough and scary as any guy and in all honesty like the, the coaches that were there like that are there and were there were great because they didn't just molly cuddle me and didn't make me feel like, oh, you're a girl, so you stand over here. They were like, no, get in, go. Like, it's your turn to clothesline everybody. And I'm cool, no bother. Um, so, yeah, it was a weird sort of thing from going from thinking, I'm going to be useless at this, but it's a learning experience to, this is, this is what I've always wanted to do, but never fully accepted it until there was people behind you to go you can you can do this like and you can do it to a level where people will enjoy and accept you and it's not just going to be like oh she needs to lose some weight or anything like that those self-doubts in my head were gone because I was like sack everybody else I can do this and people can enjoy it that is excellent wow Sorry. That was long and rough. No, <laughs> no thank you. Long. Yeah. When I try and explain to people, like, no, like, I started, like, I've got a degree because of wrestling. Like, for two years, genuinely for two years, every Tuesday morning, I would hire a room in my university and watch Raw and take notes. And folk would come in and be like, eh, should you be doing this? And I was like, yes, it's, it's research. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, okay. But there was other people that clocked in. So like folk would sneak in with snacks and be like, yeah, we're doing research too. Like, are you in the television class? No, but it's research. And I'm like, get out. Um, but yeah, so like from going from complete self-doubt and like this is 
This is how you have to look to be a female wrestler to go in. No, I don't. No, I don't. I can I can be whatever I want to be, and still be a wrestler. If I can go, then you're a wrestler. It doesn't matter what size, as long as you're fit enough, and able enough, and have the right mindset, then you're fine. Wow, uh, Molly, thank you so much for sharing that. It's uh, definitely um, for us three and the viewers will definitely be inspired by that because we all like you know like we all start from that uh, situation where people you know dealt and uh, your story is amazing so thank you for sharing uh, that story with us it's uh, absolutely amazing absolutely amazing okay. uh, yeah I have a question to ask um, you know all of us have favorite wrestlers growing up in the past mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned Goldberg who uh, who were your favorite wrestlers gr- growing up um, so the weird thing is I, I, I Goldberg has a, a very like a place in my heart, but he's not my favorite wrestler. You know what I mean? Like it's I mean so like my my poster boy was Edge. No. Was it like he just was Canadian? Um, yes, right. Poster <laughs> yeah, boy was Toronto. Edge. Love China because she was just she was China. For God's sake, it's like the only thing is like I love the run with DX, but her stuff with Guerrero. Is just great, like it is. Like Mama Sita is just the best. I like absolutely <laughs> love China. Um, it, so like, but I also love guys like Piper. I'm, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a guy with a good promo and a girl with a good promo. If you can talk the talk, there's just something a bit more alluring to you than being able to fight. Like it's the reason why guys like even outside of wrestling, guys like Conor McGregor. Is as big and as 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 hot as he is, and he's wrestling tonight. Yeah, he's fighting uh, Dustin Poirier. Yeah, yeah, big fight. But really, we're all watching it because we're watching the lead up to it. The fight's the end, but really, we're all still watching it because he's running his mouth, and we want to see what he <laughs> says next and what he does next. And it's this exact same translated into wrestling. And I mean, in all honesty. He's ripped everybody off in wrestling. There's videos of him walking up hallways like Vince McMahon. Like, McGregor is highly influenced by wrestling. And so's a lot of things. But yeah, for me, poster, like my poster boy was Edge. Um, Love China. Um, like, I'd say they're two, you know, and Piper's a, a massive influence. But that's just, at that time... I don't think he was the biggest guy, but he definitely was somebody you didn't mess with because he could talk the talk. There was that. There's something a bit sketchy about a guy that goes, "I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to bar you," and you go, "Are you okay? Okay." Um, but yeah, I'm a sucker for a guy that can talk. Um, but they'd say, I'd say like those were highly influential. Um, I, real quickly, sorry, to, uh, I'll, I'll give it to Norris, but uh. I, I see Connor's getting a little soft, uh, Molly. Have you seen his press conferences? He's getting really nice with people now. So I don't know what's going I mean, on with I that. I think that's a mind game. You, oh, I think that's heavy a mind game. Oh. Be nice. Be nice. Yeah, of right. course. Be nice. Yeah. You know, yeah that's true. Nice. Like, I think he's, he's psychologically, like, he's good. But it depends on who he's talking to. If you look at some of the best heels in the business, so guys like Flair and guys like DiBiase, for example were always nice to the women. They were really nice to women. Didn't matter. They were nice to women. 
because they were get bo- they were they were the heels, and there was part of you that what they being nice and getting the women upset the men because they're like, but they're dicks. They shouldn't be getting them. Like they shouldn't be getting female attention. Is that kind of sort of yeah. you know of, of sort of that kind of aspect of it? So yeah, of course he's going to be nice to the press because he wants the press to cover him inside with him. So yeah, it's all psychological. It's definitely psychological. No, good point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. McGregor's a very methodical individual. Like yeah, he he has a plan for uh, whenever he gets out there. You know, he's he, he's a tremendous competitor for sure. Um, look, at, look at this yeah. way. Like there was a video of him signing posters for this fight with his son, and his son signing the posters too and giving a wee squiggle. Mm. Like oh, nice. That's melt your heart. Oh, isn't that sweet? It's Conor McGregor. He could <laughs> he, he could literally run at you, jump, and smash all your teeth out with one knee. But sweet. we're all going, oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> it's very, it's a very psychological game with him, and most fighting is, and so is wrestling. Yeah. Good point. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, McGregor could be a, a role model to some, uh, and and speaking of that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, with women's wrestlers being role models uh, for the most part, uh, and and I'm sure you're one of uh, one of them. Uh, you know, uh, telling us your journey uh, th- to uh, becoming a wrestler. Uh, speaking of uh, role models, um, how important is that for future women's wrestling, uh, especially in um, in Europe and in your hometown of uh, Glasgow, Scotland? I mean, it's it's. It's crucial. Like, it is. Like, the fact that, even if you take me, for example, for so many years, just not thinking that myself, my physical being, wouldn't be accepted, should never be something that that somebody has to think. Like, when I was growing up, my parents never gave any, like, gender roles like I always my mom tells me a story about a time where she came to get me from so in Scotland like you get a thing called playgroup then there's nursery and then you go to school so I was in playgroup so I must have been three maybe three and she took me to playgroup and um, the teacher pulled my mom aside and was like yeah so um we had a bit of a thing and she was like, oh, what happened? And she went, well, the boys were telling her she wasn't allowed to play with them. I was like, what? So basically what happened was the boys, I, the boys had went to play a game and I'd went to go play with them and they'd said, you can't play this because you're a girl. And my answer at three was, yeah, I can. And was like, so I'm playing. Because my parents never taught me like, you can't do this because you're a girl. You can't do this because, like, boys do this and girls do this. Like, that never, that was never anything that sort of was part of me growing up. Like, you can do something because you can do it. If you're strong enough to pick something up, then you can pick it up. It's nothing to do with, you're a girl, so you don't pick up the heavy stuff. Let the boys pick that up. No. And that still happens to this day. Like, I've got friends that find it, absolutely hilarious when I'm out lifting boys and taking like when we're moving things for shows and stuff and I've got 
ring posts over my shooters and putting them in vans and things like that. And you can see guys that want to be, and I understand there's boys that want to be gentlemanly, but then there's that point where I'm like, no, do not come over and take some heavy item off me while I'm carrying it. If I'm clearly carrying it fine, then I'm carrying it. You go carry something else. So it's never been, for me, it's never been a gender thing. It's never been girls do this and boys do this, ever. So for me, there's this sort of thing where girls need to sort of understand that, like, there isn't, there shouldn't be these restrictions for females just purely because they're female. Like, I do understand that there's this whole thing, especially with, like, Raw and SmackDown, like, there's the portrayal of, like, men and women shouldn't be fighting and it's to give this positivity. But, and I get that there's people that don't like intergender stuff. I do. But for me, if you physically think of it, can you imagine, like, a matchup like Charlotte Flair and Seth Rollins? Physically, there's not much difference. If anything... Charlotte's got more height on the boy. Like, capability in the ring, probably, like, everything in the gym are probably very similar. And the only real defining difference between them is their gender. So for me, I know it's probably never, it's going to be a long, 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 long time and I'll probably be far out of the wrestling business before it happens properly. And it's not just some funny skit where Becky Lynch beats up James Ellsworth because there's that clear like she's the superior athlete to him but that there will be a fair competition and I get if there's the I get weight distribution you're not going to stick in Alexa Bliss in with somebody like Braun Strowman for example like that's physical like you know what I mean like I get that I get that if there's a weight differential difference I get that, that we're trying to convey that this is all, you know, and that's fine. But if there isn't and there's real beef and there could be something good there, then why can't a great match happen? Purely because Wani is a guy and Wani is his female. Um, and for me, like, most independent female wrestlers, when we're training, we're training with guys. Like, there isn't as many females. So if I was to wait for a girl to come out of my school, I'd be waiting a long time. We do have women, but we don't have as many. Like, and I've done most of my training with guys. Most of the things that I'm capable of doing, I've hit or tried. I've got a couple of boys that we jokingly call each other our monkeys because I'm like, you, yeah, come here. And he's like, oh, great, what am I doing now? But it's the same. He's like, Spartan, come here. Going to lie down. Like, I couldn't bother. And it's, it's that sort of way where... When it comes to actually training and then dependent realm, I know when it comes to NXT and stuff like that, there's the women's class and the guys' classes and it's all weight divided and stuff like that, which is fine. But in every normal day wrestling schools, yeah, there's a couple of specialised female dojos and yes, there's a couple of special guys' dojos around the world. But the majority of schools are mixed because they have to be. Because if they didn't, they just couldn't, you couldn't let women in. You know what I mean? So for me, it's it's more to do with completely breaking down the idea of gender roles more than anything. So for me, like, I can be the scariest person on a show 
without a shadow of a doubt. And nobody questions it. Nobody goes, oh, it's because she's a lady. No, it's not. It's because there's plenty of things. She might punch me in the face. And that's good. Like, if that's my job, it's to think you, if I talk to her, she might break my nose. Then fine. That's my job. And if that rolls to a guy, then that's fine. That's his job. But there is this weird sort of thing where I kind of like being the scariest person on the show because we girls get to see I can be the scary one. Like I can, like I, I can be the aggressor. I can be. I don't have to just be all like, okay, I'll sit here quietly and just accept and tell you what you do. No, like that's not what's happening. Like. Let's think about it this way. The majority of people in the world, if you do something bad, the first thing that goes through your head is, oh God, I hope my mum doesn't find out. Because everybody's slightly scared of their mum. Let's be honest. We're all kind of scared of our mum a bit. Because I see friends out you're like, oh no. But <laughs> it's, yeah, it's... It's the idea of acceptance that women can just do whatever guys can do. And that's what I try to sort of, with my wrestling and with my character and stuff like that, like I don't back down. If a guy shouts at me, I'm over in his face with absolute no fear because you kind of have to. You kind of have to show no fear to it because there are people that, don't accept like the people that don't accept that I'm a wrestler because I'm female. Like they just don't think women should be doing that. But that comes from years of so I'm saying like gender role like going women do this and guys do that. And you know what? Like I'm a mean cook in the kitchen. Like I'm a great cook, but that doesn't that doesn't define me. My partner doesn't define me. I define me and what I choose to do. And if I want to lift heavy weights in the gym, then I'll lift heavy weights in the gym. If I can move the stuff from a show or a ring, then I'll move it. Like I don't. I'm getting into like a, I feel like I'm going into like a philosophical uh, world will heal uh, when I'm talking about it. But I hope you understand what. Oh. Please, no, please keep going. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Like, thank you so much for your inspiring words, uh, Molly. And so we're just going to wrap it up. <clears throat> Sorry. So we're just going to wrap it up now. And like two questions and I've just babbled. I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't, right. don't apologize right. at all. Like, you, you basically, so inspiring. We asked you two questions, but you basically answered five questions for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's all good. So just uh, wrapping things up, Molly, um, what are your thoughts on women's wrestling happening today? Like, I know you've uh, had, like, very inspiring words for, like, inspiring uh, young women and that there needs to be a break in gender roles. But, like, what are your thoughts on women's wrestling today? And, like, what what are some of the things you want to see change? I mean, it's it's very different obviously now than when I was a kid which is great because I feel like now the women are especially in major promotions like Christ, you had a woman main event Wrestlemania like if you had told 12 year old Spartan that like she would have been like nah, okay whatever but that was massive and 
the fact that there is a progression of it, but it's just if we we can't get complacent in it. We need to just keep on striving for not even better, but just proper equality within a show. Like I'm, I'm very glad that like here in the UK, like I know myself have pushed for that and have been able to achieve that in places. Like there's there's places where I would I used to wrestle. Well. That would obviously with the pandemic, I'm not wrestling the now, but where I wrestled, where at first when I stepped in, it was very much a case of there was one women's match on the card, and there was one girl that came from that school, which is completely fair enough, and I completely understand there's some promotions where that's the working element, but there are places that were able to expand, and one of the places that I worked in was a place called Liverpool, where that was the case at first. I had an idea, and I basically brass necked and went hi we've not met but I've got an idea and sort of pitched this idea to them and like two years on um, there's me my tag partner Casey Owens um, we made the she Wolves, which is this female tag team um, and we're treated as a tag team like we're not treated as a female tag team there's also the Medusa complex which is a female tag team but we're treated as a tag team which is a massive thing but they're They've got at least two female shows on a card, which although it doesn't sound like a massive expansion, for over here it is. And for over here it's a case of there will be as many female matches on a card that deemed necessary. You know what I mean? So if the story or the matches required for that show, then that's how it works. It's not to do with you're a girl, you're a boy. It's you're the most interesting thing, you're the most interesting thing, you get on the show. And that's how it should be treated. If our storyline or our performances are the things that are captivating the audience, then yeah, we should be on the show before just some two dudes getting on a card kind of thing. And that's to do with everybody sort of stepping up. Like you've got a, you can't just be complacent anymore. Like, yes, there has been a massive change. Yes, women's wrestling has been given a bigger platform, have been given more eyes to watch. But if we've got those eyes, we need to keep them there. We need to find a way of captivating them and making sure that they don't wander or get happy with where they are because we should always be striving for better. Because if we don't keep striving for better, those that are against us are going to keep striving for us to either do worse, to be pulled, or even to push for them to be the people that people are watching. And I get it. There's always going to be competition, and that's fine. But, yeah, complacency is something that we can't accept. And complacency is something that we need to just get rid of. There's no... We can't stop. We've got to keep on trying to strive to be better, to be to, to, to make sure that, that one day... There won't be any gender roles because people will want to see that person versus that person rather than just those two guys and those two girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, most definitely. Sure. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, thank you so much, Molly, for joining us on an episode of Tea Time with Tavi. You've like really, honestly, inspired all of us, <laughs> and hopefully, inspire anyone who's listening. Um, we love your philosophical talks that you went on. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm just oh, oh absolutely not. It inspired. Yeah. It inspired it's incredible. Me. It's a, it's amazing. It inspired like, me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, that's it for an episode of Tea Time with Tommy with Tommy Norbs and me, Brittany. See you guys next time. Thank you, Molly. Take Cheers. care, everyone. Thank you. Be safe, wear a mask, wash your face, wash your hands, and your face. (laughs) (laughs) I love that.